Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sniffs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Good afternoon again. And uh, this short video is just really a, a plea to Christians for moral consistency. When they reject and condemn Muhammad as a prophet of God, which obviously they do, uh, it's usually on the grounds of his terrible behavior. Uh, he slaughtered this person. He went into war. He did this to the captives and so on. And um, I, I think this is a very uh, dubious reason and uh, and it is morally inconsistent. And I want to explain why it is. And for to help me in that explanation, I want to quote from this uh, book. It's called The Transcendent Unity of Religions by Fritz Jopp Schuon, who died several years ago. And um, he was a bit of a, a mystic and an expert on comparative religions and wrote a lot of books, many of which are quite difficult to understand, but they are nevertheless profound and worth persevering with if one can be bothered. Um, and he makes um, some interesting comments here in this book uh, on Christianity and Islam, which I want to read. And, and also I want to read a few bits of the Bible as well to really drive this point home about the uh, inconsistency or another, as putting it politely, the hypocrisy of Christian apologists in their criticism of Muhammad, uh, considering the realities of uh, the Bible and the prophet's behavior in there. So I'll uh, just read this text and then I'll come to the examples. Uh, he says, those who believe it is their duty to deny the legitimacy of the prophet of Islam on moral grounds forget that the only question to be answered is whether or not Muhammad was inspired by God. It being quite irrelevant whether or not he was comparable to Jesus or conformed to some established morality. When one remembers that it was God who allowed polygamy uh, to the Hebrews and who commanded Moses to have the population of Canaan put to the sword, it is clear that the question of the morality of such conduct is in no way involved. What alone accounts in every case is the fact of the divine will, the object of which is invariable, but the means or modes of which vary by reason of the infinity of its possibility, and secondarily, 
because of the limitless diversity of contingencies. Now, before I go on, uh, he talks about Moses um, behaving uh, in a certain way. And I just want to uh, read from uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers, um, where God orders Moses to harass the Midianites and smite them. Uh, this is Numbers 25. And to again count all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. And the Israelites then war against the, uh, the Midian and slew every man. And they take captive the women and children and take all the capital, the flocks, the goods as loot and burn all the cities and camps. When they return to Moses, he is angered. Why? Because he says and commands now, therefore, kill every male child uh, amongst them and kill every woman that hath known a man by lying with him. In other words, not a virgin, but all the uh, the, the virgin women that have not known men by lying with them, keep alive for yourselves. That's Numbers 31. So this is Prophet Moses in the Bible. Okay, so um, this is the morality that God uh, uh, endorses. Um, then uh, he goes on. Christians readily blame the Prophet Muhammad for such actions as the destruction of the tribe of the Beni Koreza. Uh, uh, but they forget that any prophet of Israel would have acted in a still sterner manner than he. And they would do well to recall how Samuel, by the order of God, acted towards the Amalekites and their king. So what's he referring to there? Well, he's referring to the passage I mentioned before, 1 Samuel 15, which I will read out this time. Samuel, of course, is a prophet of God, just like Moses. And Muhammad, they're all prophets sent by God. Everyone accepts that these people are prophets. Everyone accepts Moses is a prophet and Samuel. So it says in verse one, Samuel said to Saul, Saul, of course, is the king, the first king of Israel who came to a sticky end. Samuel said to, to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over this people, Israel. Therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Uh, Lord, there in, in, in all translations, the convention is Maybe you can't see it. When the Hebrew has the word Yahweh, um, it is translated in English as L-O-R-D with capital letters. When the Hebrew has other words like Adonai, uh, it doesn't. It just says lowercase letters. So this is like the name of God uh, himself. So God himself has said this through his prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did in opposing the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and, and attack them and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child, infant, ox, sheep, camel and donkey. I'm not sure what the donkeys have done, but hey. Now, this is what happened. Well, actually nearly happened because Saul didn't quite exterminate every last person and because of that disobedience he was re he was judged to have uh fallen short seriously sinned and was removed from uh being king but that's uh, later on in the story you might well know about this the point here is i mean there's two points I, I i make and i often make these points to christians who are critical of the prophet of islam because of the bani Quraysh story which i'll come to in a second is that god ordered the amalekites who were then living, obviously, 
to be slaughtered for what they did in opposing the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. Now, this coming out up out of Egypt took place three centuries, over three centuries before this story. So we're not dealing with the Amalekites at that time of Samuel who had done anything wrong at all. They were being judged for the crimes of their distant ancestors. That's the first part. And this is, his, this is historically true. The Amalekites who came out of Egypt lived centuries before. So innocent people are being punished for a crime of their distant ancestors many centuries before. And it's everyone. It actually says women, children, infants, and the poor donkeys are all slaughtered. Um, so this is God's uh, way of dealing with uh, people who disobey uh, in terms of their ancestors anyway. That's quite extraordinary um, and, and a shocking passage. So what's this bit about the Bani Kureza thing? Um, I, I mean, I'll give a very brief summary. This is quite a complicated story, so I'm going to simplify big time here. But basically... There was uh, in Mecca in 7th century Arabia, uh, where Muhammad and his followers, called the Muslims, um, later on uh, in their lives were basically in deep conflict with the Meccans, who rejected his message of worshipping one God without partners, and, uh, and uh, basically attacking the social order for its injustice and the treatment of the poor and and. and numerous other things so Muhammad was behaving basically like an old testament prophet as far as i can see uh, and this upset the meccans who worship lots of gods and who were very unjust in their behavior so uh, over time conflict developed and uh, there were a number of battles uh, one of the most famous is the battle, so-called battle of the trench and this took place in medina which was just north of mecca still exists today and um as I said, try and keep this short. Uh, Muhammad uh, had allies in various tribes, one of whom was the Bani Kureza, um, who were on his side over against the Meccans, who were uh, who sent a huge army to Medina, where Muhammad and his people and his group were holed up, uh, basically seeking to destroy Islam. Basically, they were very clear that was their intention. Um, it's called the Battle of the Trench because one of Muhammad's followers, a guy from um, Persia, built what was to the people there a, an unprecedented and novel military strategy of building a huge trench so that the, the approaching cavalry and so on couldn't just shoot into uh, the, the Muslims. They, they were faced with this uh, extraordinary barrier, really, which was very difficult to cross. So it was a brilliant bit of strategy. Uh, Meccan armies come to Medina trying to destroy Islam, destroy Muhammad, hit the, came across this trench. Oh, my God, what did we do? So they camped out. Um, anyway, for reasons I won't go into, things took a bad turn for the Muslims. It looked like the Muslims were going to lose. They became very demoralized. There was a huge army from Mecca who were camped there, who were basically waiting for them to starve them out and so on. And one of the tribes in alliance with Muhammad secretly contacted the Meccans began negotiations to betray Muhammad and they gave him they gave the leader of the Meccans some kind of intelligence about how if they went round the back and they entered this way and various things would happen they could uh, really kind of finish this whole thing off defeat the Muslims who were going to lose it seemed 
Now, it turned out that actually the Muslims didn't lose. There was, uh, um, through various events, not least the appalling weather, which uh, um, completely demoralized the Meccans, who were just basically camped out and they lost supplies and everything else. They ultimately went home and there was no real battle as such. So uh, the, the Muslims survived uh, and uh, they won the day. But it became apparent uh, that the Bani Khureza had betrayed uh, their allies uh, at a time of great peril, great existential threat to the existence of the Muslims. And Islam would have been obliterated had the Bani Khureza been successful in their plotting with the Meccans to destroy or overthrow Muhammad. Um, so this came to light. And uh, interestingly, Muhammad, and this is a, a detail which is not normally mentioned, although it's there in the sources. Uh, read Ibn, Ibn Ishaq, the earliest biography of Muhammad. You'll see all this and some hadiths. The Muhammad pointed another guy who was, uh, uh, he was a Muslim, but he was historically a, a friend and ally of the Bani Khureza. They appointed him, and it was an acceptable figure to both sides, to be judge and to decide what would happen to the Bani Khureza. And he decided, not Muhammad, that all their men the of fighting age, the, the warriors, should be executed. And they were. And numbers vary. The sources are inconsistent from several hundred to eight, nine hundred men who were executed by beheading, decapitation, basically. Uh, Muhammad accepted this verdict. And um, the actually the verdict is based on, on Old Testament law, actually. Um, so... Um, this is the terrible thing that Muhammad did, although it wasn't his decision, it was someone else's. And it was uh, arguably a punishment. Uh, they, they were punished for treason at a time of war. A very serious crime in, in most countries today, including the United States, China, whatever, but not in Europe. Treason is a capital offense. Um, so this is not some weird thing. Um now, uh, for this behavior, uh, by the way, attempts were made, uh, careful attempts to made were to uh, uh, clarify that no one younger than fighting age was executed. So there were various ways that were done. So do you see what's happened there? The women and the children were not killed. The animals were not killed. The women and children were uh, uh, taken into bondage and they were ultimately ransomed and so on. But they weren't killed or molested, unlike in the biblical stories, and there are many biblical stories where God allegedly, the prophets, command the extermination, the wholesale massacre of whole nations and tribes and peoples, 100%. Now, th this never happened in uh, the Quran, in the, in the biography of the prophet, I mean, uh, in his life. Now, so when Muslims criticize, and not just Muslims, uh, when Christians and others in the West criticize the Bani Khreza incident, um, I do wonder where they're coming from in the history of the West, you know, what happened in Second World War. And so, I mean, the West behaves, has behaved far worse than that in just wars and has had not particularly an issue with it. You know, we're dropping bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, killing hundreds of thousands of civilians or bombing Berlin or Dresden during the Second World War, targeting civilians in vast numbers, Churchill, of course, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we, we're worrying here about maybe up to 900 adult men who were found guilty of treason in war. So I, I, I don't have a moral problem with it. I mean, it's a horrible, tragic event. 
uh, horrible, horrible, unspeakable. But morally, it's justifiable from a certain point of view, even by Western standards of, of military behavior in, the, in our lifetimes. So um, I think um, Fitzgerald Shuan has a valid point um, about this. Um, those who believe it's their duty to deny the legitimacy of the prophet of Islam on moral grounds uh, forget that the, the only question to be answered is whether or not Muhammad was inspired by God. Um, when one remembers that it was God who allowed polygamy to the Hebrews and commanded Moses to have the population of Canaan put to the sword, it is clear that the question of morality of such conduct is in no way involved. Um, so it's just the divine will. Did God uh, command this? Um, and he says, as I've already read, Christians readily blame the prophet for actions such as the destruction of the tribe of the Beni Kareza. It wasn't the tribe, by the way. It was the, the fighting men, not anyone else. But they forget that any prophet of Israel would have acted in a sterner, still manner than he. And they would do well to recall how Samuel, by the order of God, acted towards the Amalekites, etc., so the Christians who make this criticism, and they do frequently, I wonder where they're which planet they're coming from. Their own scriptures are far worse. The West behavior is far worse than anything Muhammad did. So um, a frequent objection, by the way, is uh, having acknowledged all this, sometimes Christians then fall back on another argument. I mentioned this before, so I'll just say it very briefly, um, that this is the Old Testament Okay, so it's not the New Testament. It's uh, this is not for us. This is not an example for us, meaning Christians or people in the New Covenant. And that's not quite true. Uh, and I've read this before, but I'll do it again now. Uh, this is uh, the NIV Study Bible, which uh, I used to be a big fan of this when I was a Christian. Um, Paul is writing in a letter called the Second Timothy to Timothy. And... Um, Paul writes to Timothy. Now, remember, Paul is writing in the AD 50s. The New Testament didn't exist. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is referring to the Jewish Bible, what Christians call the Old Testament. It is not referring to the New Testament, which didn't exist. Much of the New Testament hadn't been written when Paul was saying this, and it certainly wasn't canonized in Scripture until generations later in the second century onwards. So Paul is talking about the Scriptures of 1 Samuel, of Numbers chapter 30, uh, of Deuteronomy, which contains all these genocides and atrocities. All that Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that every man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You're supposed to take these stories seriously and be inspired by them. And, and I will do a new video on this, God willing, another time. Uh, Christians throughout history and Jews too, actually, even today in the occupied territories, are inspired by these texts to commit atrocities and genocides and massacres and bloodshed on a huge scale. This has been going on for the last 2,000 years, and it's still going on today in the occupied territories. Um, so this is not a bit of history and archaeology that is not relevant. Uh, many Christians in the West may not think it's relevant, and I'm glad they do, um, but historically, Christians have taken this very seriously before Christians became secularized. 
after the Enlightenment in, in the West. But even today, some, some still do take it very seriously and commit acts of terror. Um, and I'm not going to go into all that now because it's a, a different subject and I'd like to present the evidence in a more coherent, formal way. So um, I hope all that was of interest. Sorry if it wasn't. Um, but I just feel the moral inconsistency and hypocr hypocrisy of Christians in their criticism of Muhammad, whether or not Muhammad was a prophet of God, maybe he wasn't then. But, but on moral grounds, Christians cannot argue that, in my view, because their own prophets, of the, the biblical prophets, who they do, whose prophets who they do not doubt ever, Moses, Samuel, etc., all committed far worse atrocities, including the targeted extermination of women, children, and babies. That's not exaggeration. That's exactly what the Bible says. If you have a problem with that, then Muhammad is a walk in the park. So let's not be hypocritical about this. There may be other reasons you don't accept Muhammad, uh, nothing to do with slaughterings. That's fine, but let's not wheel out this objection because uh, it doesn't stand up to critical scrutiny, in my view. There we go. Thank you. Till next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.